Once upon a rhyme, there was a man named Earl who loved all of his dogs across the world. He showed us resilience and was called Dark Man X. Let's celebrate his greatness and pay our respect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Once Upon a Rhyme with Classics and Raj. Today, we talk about a legendary rapper, DMX, his life, his pain, his legacy and influence. Earl Simmons, aka DMX, today. We're talking about her. You know, I just got that COVID shot, that second one. So. Apologies if I sound a little bit muffled, but I think it makes it perfect for me to do the growls properly in this episode, <laughs> you know, in reference of DMX. But man, what a heavy heart, you know, because you knew that pain he was going through his whole life. You knew that he was fighting these battles. You knew he was, you know, just battling these demons in his own way. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's a it's a shock that he passed, but it definitely did hurt a lot, man, because DMX was the first MC, the first hip-hop artist, the first rapper that I truly studied, man, in the late, late 19, uh, in the late 1990s. Is the first artist, man. You know, it, w- it was one of those things where it, if, it felt like it was like another thing he had to go through. And yeah, um, I mean, I mean, to me, uh, like resilience is is one of the things that he really represented, and so it just felt like it's not a thing that he's going to get through, and he'll bounce right back. For sure, you know. For and sure. when when he didn't, it, it it felt it felt weird, man. I, it was it was really sad. It was hell really yeah. sad to see. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And I mean, dude, you know, rest in peace to 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 DMX, and you know, so much love to all his family and everything, because this guy has really, really. I don't know, man, just he's put hip hop on a different level and he's inspired so many artists, but he's also been like the most vulnerable raw rapper from what I remember when I was growing up. And he really kind of just opened up all these doors for artists in so many different ways. And his energy, man, his energy is is, is undeniable. You know, so DMX, even on a personal level, man, I mean, I try to study this guy as a human being and I was like, man, he's, he's been through a lot. You know, he's been through a lot and this just like you're saying, could have been one other, just another bounce back, right? Like, oh man, he's, you know, he's been found like this before and he'll, you know, he'll just growl his way back and, and it'll be okay. Yeah. So I think when the, when they announced that man at the age of 50, you know, DMX has now passed, man, I really just kind of felt like shit, you know, they got another one, you know, they got another one, man. This guy, this guy's such a, such a beast of an MC, man. And I, I, I have no words when it comes down to his, his influence, man. It's, unreal how much he has affected things on my level right um he opened up the door for me to study tupac you know so i remember very clearly at a young age when i was downloading hip-hop and i was listening to dmx slipping you know what these like all these random songs you know and all of a sudden i'm 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 like oh there's tupac what's who's tupac you know and then all of a sudden down the tupac angle then ice cube then 50 cent then dr dre then eminem i mean it was so crazy because, you know, it's it's ironic that DMX was my gateway drug into hip-hop. He really was. You know, he was like this little open entry into all these other MCs and stuff, man. But I can tell you with confidence that there is nobody like DMX in culture and there never will be. Not a single rapper MC will ever, ever replace his shoes, man. And, 
you know, we, we miss that guy and we honor his spirit today. And we want to really kind of on a high level talk about his life and stuff because we all understand DMX, you know, when he popped off, you know what I'm saying, in 98 and he became famous and you had It's Dark and Hell is Hot, you had all these amazing things. But, mm-hmm. you know, his early life is very, very difficult, yeah, uh, yeah. full of trauma. Yeah. I think I think that's the... That's the best way to describe it. Like, yeah. I think from from the beginning, like as a kid, he he had bronchial asthma. He uh, had a lot of trips to the ER, and when he couldn't, he would be sleeping, and he would wake up, and he couldn't breathe. Like, I think uh, like like that's kind of the first the first recorded piece there, and uh, we know the story of when he was fourteen. Um, his mother was really abusive, and so he would leave the house and kind of wander the streets and he would make friends with stray dogs and, and that was kind of the genesis of his um his love for for canines and such and bro right 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 there i just want to pause for a second i would just i just want to tell you how precious that statement is because he found comfort befriending stray dogs mm-hmm. you know so if you think about dmx's growls and ad libs as just a form like a gimmick bro this guy literally found his friendship in animals and you know, that for me, considering my wife and I rescue animals, you know, as, as just a small little thing on the side, man, that just tore my heart apart because I was like, man, he could have, you know, he could have done other things or whatever, like, but at least he went there and just, I don't know, took care of those animals a certain way and became part of them, you know? So the whole dog persona with DMX2 is so incredible, man. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like you, you see him, him in pain and his way of, of alleviating the pain is helping somebody else with the, with their pain, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Absolutely. it's like how much more how much more selfless can you get than that? Right, right. And it's and it's recorded that you know obviously like him going through these challenges and stuff obviously affected his storytelling when he was rapping. But you know I think recently there was an interview where he had um, where he was on Talib Kweli's um, show and somehow they mm-hmm. were talking about a very difficult time for him at fourteen. You know, and when I kind of, I don't know, just watched this for the first time and I was so sort of like hurt with this revelation, you know, DMX was just stumbling his words and talking about, you know, the blessing and the curse of his life. And for people that Mm -hmm. don't know this story, you know, you can go check it out on YouTube, you know, just easily to access this information. But, you know, after a robbery, DMX went ahead and had his mentor you know, by the name of Reddy Ron, who essentially, like from a celebration standpoint, you know, they they did whatever, like commit a crime or something. I have no exact, I have no idea in the exact detail, but they were celebrating and they were supposed to go ahead and, you know, just give him a, a cigarette, right? Or, or marijuana and just have him smoke and just celebrate in that sort of way. And sort of the day where he was introduced to rap because he started rapping was the day that he was also, he was also given laced crack guy he introduced me to what would be the best part of my life which would be the rap but he also a theme of my life is blessed with the curse why would you do that to a child right and he like he like like 30 you know what i'm saying and he knew how i looked up to him yeah he knew how i looked up to him you know what i'm saying and like why would you do that that was so painful for me to see in that interview, man, where DMX is like crying, you know, and he's like the day yeah. rap walked into my world. So did this addiction. So I think another thing mm-hmm. that really kind of like 
man, makes me so sad to think about is how hard he was fighting since a young boy. And it wasn't his fault, man. It wasn't his fault. He became a crack addict based on his environment. But I really just felt so much sympathy on the situation, you know? And I was like, geez, man, you can see this addiction catching up to him his whole life. So that story right there is so devastating to hear, man. And I mean, you know, again, watch that for yourself because you see a grown man tearing up about the fact that he was betrayed. Dude, it's just it's just too much to watch. I think that 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 to me is is like the 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 pivotal moment uh, in his life. Right. And that's kind of the the first documented kind of experience of his with Mm -hmm. drugs and the Mm -hmm. first bounce back Mm -hmm. if you will right as related to that and Mm -hmm. i mean the 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 drug addiction and issues kind of i mean Mm -hmm. there's there's a well-documented record of it Mm -hmm. throughout his life right and Mm -hmm. every time you kind of saw it happen it was oh it's another time it's it's another time he'll get through it and he'll be back that's just dmx you know and so I think uh, it's it's. I mean, addiction addiction is is awful, man. And yeah, we yeah. we've both been around been around folks in our lives who yeah. have suffered from it in in their absolutely, own ways. Yeah. And absolutely, uh, I see I see a lot of that that addictive personality in myself too. And there's there's a lot of coping mechanisms that I have to get around it and to to make sure that I can live a productive life. But I see some of that in me, um, and so. I'm. It, it, it's something that, that that hits home, you know, when you yeah, see someone yeah. who who suffers from it, and when you see how they how it first happened, it's just so heartbreaking. For sure, and you know, to just follow his career for so long and just like fall in love with his music and always kind of like look at him a certain way, like you know, DMX was just so vulnerable with his music. Mm-hmm. He was so raw about everything. So like understanding his historical context on, hey, this is how he started, and then years and years later, being you know, it's sort of being revealed that. Dude, the cigarette was laced with crack from a, a person he looked up to. I mean, that was just like, God damn, dude. Like, this guy can't catch a break, you know? Like, his his father's never been there. His father disowned him, you know? And then his mother's beating him, you know what I'm saying? So he's got abuse in his life at such a young age. You know, it, it, it shows, like, the cycle of pain that DMX kind of went through. And, you know, I think he, he, he talked about in some of the records uh, about, I think he, he actually had bipolar disorder. You know, so he had his own mental health challenges. And this was something that was a forbidden topic of conversation in hip hop. You know, they don't they don't mention this as much. I think, you know, of course, there are rappers that explore that type of energy, like, you know, through alter egos. So like Eminem, Slim Shady, you know, like there's worlds of psychosis and and weird shit that you are exposed to when you're listening to hip hop at that stage, you know, in the 2000s. But I think DMX did such a good job by sort of indirectly putting the conversation of mental health on the table, you know? Yep. And that's something I give this guy so much, so many just, just props to, man, because his vulnerability is is just so phenomenal and it should always be appreciated, you know? Yeah, um, I, I think I think the difference between him when it comes to the topic of mental health and, and some of the other um, artists out there is he took ownership of it. There was no There was no separation of this is a different personality, this is an alter ego, like this is me. You know, and he yeah. took he took full ownership of it, and it was something front and center. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite things that I always used to see in concerts of DMX when I was trying to sample his work and stuff is that DMX was known 
man, he was known to basically in a whole stadium full of his fans at the end of his like sets, basically cry and pray with everybody in the stadium together. You know, so when you have the 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 gangsters and the women and the random people here and this and that all banded together, man, at these concerts praying to God together. Dude, I don't care what anybody says about DMX. I don't care how you judge DMX. That right there is greatness. For you to do that and use the power of your faith to have everyone else feel that way, that is resilience, bro. And that's another yep. thing about DMX that I was just like, dude, we're never going to see anything like that. You know, you're never going to see anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I saw him. I saw him at I think it was Rock the Bells in 2012, and I that that was a cool moment because I had the chance to photograph him there, yeah, and yeah. so I, I after we found out that he passed away, I went back and kind of looked at that album and just kind of remembered that moment and took a second to just just honor him and think about it. But Hell he yeah. ended that concert the same way, like there was there was a prayer before he walked out, and um, everybody kind of joined him in that, and so I, I saw that firsthand. Absolutely, man. And was there was there any sort of, I don't know, um, was there any sort of moment where you felt like, man, this guy, this guy's unique, right? This guy is something that we've never seen before. Did that ever happen to you? Man, there was there was a moment in that show where yeah. uh, I forget. I think it, I forget the song that he that he was doing, but he wound up climbing one of the speakers. Yeah. Uh, and, and like the camera, the, the the monitor for him couldn't really follow where he was, and so that was like a if you could see where he was, it was this this crazy moment because he's like dangling on the speaker. Uh, I think he was doing "Get At Me, Dog." Yeah, um, that was the moment that I walked away like, oh shit, <laughs> this guy's something. But I mean, it, it was it was the whole thing like he was on one of the side yeah. stages there, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think he had more people. Like we were probably like a half mm-hmm. a mile away from him. Right, uh, right. <laughs> and 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 before to uh, you know obviously have you tell me the full story. One thing I don't know if you know about "Get At Me, Dog," right? This fun fact for people is that "Get At Me, Dog" was originally a Tupac diss, so you can go check that out, man. But originally, there's a part in there where DMX is dissing Tupac back in the day. Things that shock me, your man couldn't walk after the talk about him not being on the eleven thirty beat in New York. He transforms with his hand, he'll get it quick, and you're for real. And then the Tupac can suck my now. Things that shock me, your man couldn't walk after the talk about him not being on the eleven thirty three in New York. Transforming his head to get it quick, and you're for real. That the case can suck my head. Fun little fact, but please continue while he's dangling on the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah. I, well, first of all, I had no idea that that uh, "Get yeah. At Me, Dog" was a Tupac diss. Yeah. I'll have Original. to go do some homework after this. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, but I just remember it, he was on one of the side stages there, uh-huh. and he there were more people watching him than whoever the main act was at the right. same time. Right. Um, because that was like he was in one of the stages that was in like a parking lot, and we mm-hmm. were like all the way in the back for sure um and it was it was like it was a moment man when one of your side acts yeah. is is overtaking whoever's in the main stage at the time man yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. tells you something about the guy of course man of course this guy i mean dude one hell of a performer right yeah i think there's like videos of him at woodstock that are being circulated on the internet now you know where people are just like dude this guy performed in front of the whole world you know and he's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like singing rough riders anthem remix you know in front yeah, of like yeah. <sighs> I don't even know how many people that is, man. But, yeah. you know, I, I feel like DMX did it all, man. 
you know, even even in terms of fame, like he approached, you know, the full level of celebrity at such a level, like at such a unique level at that mm-hmm. stage. But then he also fell back and forth. And I think that's what's really amazing for me to study from him as an artist is that he had this cycle of pain. Right. And there's this there's this thing that I thought about before our conversation where bark versus bite right is the same as prayer versus pain in DMX's world. Right. So if you take this whole concept of like, like he's just barking away, you know, he's speaking to you, you know, and that's him praying to God. But then, man, you get that dog mad, you know, he going to bite, you know, and that's what DMX did. You know, he'd bite back. And that was the pain that he was connected to. So, you know, that was just more of a poetic thing that DMX gave me was bark versus bite is prayer versus pain. And that was just so beautiful for me to analyze with with Mr. Earl Simmons, man. No, I love that. I love yeah, that. I think, yeah. I think. Um, I mean, like, like "Slipping" is a great example of that, and every, uh, everyone knows that song. <laughs> everyone knows that song, but like, sometimes, man, you don't have to dig into the gems, the 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 hidden mm-hmm. gems, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just right in front of you. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. And "Slipping," "Slipping" was like that song for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, where I think the same way you said, like, I think that was like a moment that really encapsulated what his life was like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Yeah. I'm slipping, I'm falling, I gotta get up. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that was yeah. his that was his whole life, man. He went through those yeah. moments where he would slip and fall and he got up every time. Absolutely. And you know, that song slipping too, I mean, it's 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 funny because as serious as it is, I mean there's you know, the intro portion of there where he's like, To live is to suffer, but to survive is to find meaning in something. Right? Like just that little sermon, you know, is so powerful. You know, DMX's way of capturing, you know, these scriptures, you know, in such a way in his records and stuff, it's 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 phenomenal. But but here's a here's a little fun fact too for for you, man, is when I would you know get the DMX content back in the day, I was very confused at why Slippin' was so clean and like it was edited <laughs> a certain way. And I was like, yo, I want the dirty version. So the thing <laughs> is officially on all platforms, official album release, Slippin' is a clean edit. Right. There's no profanity on there. Yeah. You have to actually dig for the dirty version. You know, hit your boy up classics. You know, if you want that (laughs) dirty version, you know, DM me in there. But uh, anyways, like it was just nice for me to see that, like, because he took that perspective of like God and everything, he also purposely released it as a clean record, you know, and that's that's phenomenal. Another fun fact regarding Slippin' is that there is a credit on the song, right, to the Life Call commercial. I've fallen. And I can't get up. Which I found to be hilarious. You know, these are like like little, little hip-hop trivia pieces you find along the way. I don't know if yeah, it's serious yeah. or not. But the thing is, that commercial, you know, of that, that old lady falling came out way before DMX went ahead and released this record. So, again, I'll let y'all internet detectives do the homework. But I found that to be like a cool little Easter egg in DMX's Amazing. discography. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amazing. Man, yeah. I, I remember... My first real exposure to DMX was was yeah. when uh, over at the smoking section we did a DMX week. Okay. Um, where we, it was I think to celebrate uh, was it the fifteen year or ten year anniversary mm-hmm. of uh, the fifteen year anniversary of It's Dark and Hell Is Hot. Uh, and so and so we took we took a week 
to honor him. Mm-hmm. And one of the pieces that we had published, my guy Justin Tinsley, yeah. um, had published a piece on DMX versus New York. Yeah, yeah. And that was basically a collection of songs that he did with other other New York artists. And so yeah. you had moments like uh, Money, Power, and Respect. You oh, had man. It's Murder. <laughs> you had um, uh, Money, Cash, Hose. And so it was a lot of those those records that he did um, with the with the New York guys, and so right. those uh, that we made a playlist out of that one, mm-hmm. and, and that actually made a lot of my favorite songs. And I think most of those were features right. of his, right, um, right, right? But a lot of those records, like I still go back to it. It's Murder, probably being yeah. my favorite one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's Murder. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I felt like him and him and Jay Z had such a good chemistry together. It's such yeah. a, it's a shame that we didn't get more of both of them. Dude, absolutely. That's like the I wish this mm-hmm. didn't break apart because people, you need to understand that DMX was such a force, such a threat. Like between 1998 and 2003, DMX literally charted all of his five albums as number one. Yep. And okay. Even his first two in the same year. First two in the same year. That means it's dark and hell is hot, and flesh of my flesh, blood of my f- blood reached number one in 1998. That's two number one albums in one year. That's Im- uh, uh, seven million, seven million records sold between Dude, both of them. And on top of that, he was in the box office for all these movies, and he was doing all yep. this type of stuff. This is what I'm talking about. This, this, this fame that he had reached was so high, right? It was so much love that he was getting from the universe and stuff, right? But he was, again, so broken with so many things. And, I mean, this duality, you know, I, I think that's the right way I would look at it. It's just, you know, you look at the introspective DMX and what he did to affect others and how he did it, yep. you know, but while he was battling with this shit, I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's incredible. You know, and his I mean, and his beef me, stories me, are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. To me, to me, it's like yeah. he was never like an entertainer. He was never a rapper. He was always like a human being. You know, oh, man. no matter yeah. no matter how famous yeah. he got, Hell like yeah. he, he was always himself. And you kind of you, that duality that you mentioned. Everyone kind of saw that. Absolutely, um, man. And so you would see all these different sides of him, and it's very human because yeah. we're all like that, right? For nobody, sure. nobody is this one. As much as you want to be this this one type this one of person or appear yeah. to be this person, like there's always layers and the, there's always there's always things that are pulling you back. There's always sure. things that are pushing you forward, and right. there's always the the ego that that talks and shows in like makes a makes kind of a stage persona for you. Right. But right. then you're you at the end of the day, right? And for DMX, we saw all of those pieces at once. For sure, for sure. And I mean, you know, because he brought so much light to others. The irony was that his name was Darkman X, mm-hmm. right? It's just mm-hmm. crazy to me because I'm like, dude, you brought so much joy with your music, but you were Darkman X, you know? And yeah. uh, supposedly, like, there was an instrument when he was, you know, back in the day at a boy's home called the Oberheim DMX drum machine. And that's also another reason why he gravitated towards DMX because. You know, it's good to kind of know with these artists, like, what inspired or triggered them to, like, be called that certain way. Like, that's his identity moving forward. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. knows DMX, you know? So, little stuff like that, I'm just like, dude... This guy is amazing, man. And, and you know, of course, we love and, and cherish Rough Riders as a group, you know, like the Rough Riders and all that stuff. But, bro, in 92, um, Columbia actually signed DMX to a subsidiary record label called Rough House. So Interesting. he used, he used Rough House to then launch Rough Riders. 
you know, yeah. because on that label, man, he released his first song ever in 1992 or 1993. It's like around that time. The first song DMX ever released was something called Born Loser. Interesting. Okay? Born Loser. The Born Loser. That used to be my ammo when I couldn't get a soul to listen to my demo. Door shut in my face until I started jamming them. I'm behind the doors now, but I'm the one slamming them. Everybody go out there and listen to that song. You'll hear little DMX, little puppy DMX. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Puppy DMX. But but think about that, right? His his walk, his 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 ability to like walk into the industry in a self-deprecative way, saying that I'm a born loser. Think mm-hmm. about that. Think about that psychology. This man thought about himself a certain way in that moment. You know, again, I'm just interpreting here, but that's the first recorded released record. You know, his mm-hmm. his bigger records happened in 98. You see what I'm saying? When he dropped It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Like that was his major debut release with Get At Me Dog. You know, that was that was like what we know him for in terms of first song. But if you go back and dig, you know, Born Lo- Loser, it's pretty damn dope. And I'm just like, man, why did he release that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, speaking of It's Dark and Hell is Hot, another interesting tidbit there is yeah. Kendrick Lamar credits that album with giving him the spark um, to be a rapper. In in his song, uh, The Heart Part 3, yeah. he, he goes, It's dark and plus hell is hot is what started this crazy ride. Amazing. Um, dude, when your favorite rapper's talk about that it's just like dude i don't care what anybody says man this yeah, is exactly. a legend dude wow exactly i love that man you just that's a gem right there kendrick's <laughs> influence from dmx man i know man actually yeah. actually even the the exposure to dmx that yeah. i initially got was from uh my cousin skyball and, and yeah. i think <laughs> it's the same it's the same story as, as you mentioned where he was one of the first rappers that he ever heard um and so and so he put me on a lot of those mm. early DMX songs sure. when I was a kid. Um, and so actually, even when we were watching uh, him at Rock the Bells, it was yeah. with my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was that was a moment that we got to share. And so I'll always, I'll, I'll always associate those two together. Absolutely, man. The first the first song I ever heard from DMX was Rough Riders Anthem. You know, that's the first song. And the cool thing about that song, man, is that it's the first produced song by Swiss Beats that he oh, sold to Rough Riders what right like when yeah. you think about dmx and swiss those are interchangeable right like yep yep all the beautiful songs that we know uh you know from from dmx on a mainstream level i mean dude like party up like literally i would say the most popular song i, I mm-hmm. don't think anything exceeds that in terms of mainstream culture in my opinion but that's a swiss beats gem so think about rough riders Anthem is the first song that dmx sold to rough riders how wild is that? People don't even know that Rough Riders Anthem was yep. a Swiss Beats gem. Like that's yep. that's just insane to me, you know? And the the whole Rough Riders Anthem, you know, in itself, dude, it's just like so It's like so like fun and easy to sing along to, you know? So that's yeah, yeah. one hell of a record, man. I'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. I also kind of like have a few songs that I feel like are super underrated. You know, and one of the most, I'll give you a few, um, just like stuff that always kind of resonates in my in my heart. But one song by DMX that I think is just like an underrated gem is DMX Fame. Okay, and this song Fame was on uh, the album and then there was X. So it was dropped around like 99. And Dame Grease is the producer. Dame Grease has done a lot of other dope shit too with DMX. Look at it, look at his work. But there's a line in there where uh, the, in the chorus he goes, 
I'm gonna live forever, I'm never gonna die Only thing I fear is that I'm never gonna fly Carry my weight, but I'm never gonna cry Should I let them straight, cause I'm never gonna lie I'm gonna live forever, I'm never gonna die Only thing I fear is that I'm never gonna fly Carry my weight, but I'm never gonna cry That ticket straight, cause I'm never gonna lie And that's like the chorus of the song And I was like, oh, I'm gonna live forever I'm never gonna die So when you listen to the whole lyrics of that song too in Fame Dude, yeah, it's yeah. so uplifting. Yeah, exactly. But the one song, you know, if I would even tell people outside of fame that's uplifting, that's an underrated great record by DMX, it's Lord Give Me a Sign. Lord Give Me a Sign, which was dropped, man, in 2006. And it was on the project Year of the Dog Again. Mm-hmm. Scott Storch produced the beat. And people need to know Scott Storch's name because he had a production run for so long, but he also yeah. battled crack addiction or cocaine addiction. Right. He battled that. So for DMX and Scott to have their own demons in that same world, for them to have an uplifting song, Mm -hmm. bro, that song right there. Fun fact about this, you know, specific record is that there's no profanity in in any of it. Like in previous records like Slippin, he would cut that out. Right. But in terms of actual vocal recording, there's not a single like uh, a curse word in there. And I found that to be amazing. Mm -hmm. It's DMX, bro. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> the favorite line from that song is, I will know no pain from the light to the dark. I will show no shame, spit it right from the heart. Because it's right from the start. You held me down. Ain't go nothing they could tell me now. Lord, give me Amazing. Amazing. Raise the roof to DMX, man. God damn. So, you know, those are those are songs that I can tell you right off the you know dome that like, yo, We'll show people these underrated mm-hmm. gems, man. But there's just so much that he has in his catalog that yeah, I just yeah. I love, man. I love so much. Yep. <laughs> Last year there was a versus with him and Snoop, um, and that was such a cool moment there because we got to see so many gems from his catalog over the course of those three hours, and it was so cool to kind of see his guard down and look so relaxed and comfortable, and such a celebratory vibe. Which, aside from the party songs that he has, it was a very different demeanor. Um, from what we're kind of used to seeing yeah. from DMX, you know, uh, yeah. and that whole thing was like it was the perfect verses for me, uh, where you had like two generational once in a lifetime artists together, and both kind of who represented the dog theme throughout their career, right? Um, and sometimes it's it's like it's it's right. hard to understand right. and, and really see the impact of an artist over the course of their entire career because it's yeah. spread out over two or three decades for especially guys like this but Mm -hmm. to kind of see this whole discography boiled down to 20 of his best songs and condensed into one sitting you it's it's right there just how legendary the the man and his career were yeah it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing bro you know what i'm saying like just just again dude I, i want people to go out there and you know obviously listen to every single body or every single album of his and and also listen to the prayers that are inter, that are interludes and outros and you know think about like how he's asking for help you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying using his music and i found that to be so powerful man even when it comes down to like things that we want to teach our kids because if there's a word that defines DMX, you said it right at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and I was trying to figure out where, where I want to take this in my head because there's so many things I can learn from DMX, but thank you, Raj. The word is resilience. Yeah. This man is the most resilient individual I have seen as an entertainer on a personal level for me in terms of that connection. I know every, every artist battles with addiction, drugs. Mm-hmm. You have so many losses in culture. You know, it's, it's, an, it's an endless battle. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Mac Miller, rest in peace. Sean Price, rest in peace. All these people that we love and admire that have also passed, you know, mm-hmm. on an you know, overdose, this and that. I mean, you see it, dude. Yeah. And and for me, I think if there's anything that DMX has taught me is resilience, you know. So rest in peace to this this great legend, man, who has, who has taught us to get back up, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's just so important for people to also understand that, dude, whatever card you're dealt with in life, you have to get back up and keep going. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, and yeah, dude, the demons, the demons will catch yep. up at some point, but you got to keep trying. Yep. You got to keep trying. Exactly. And, and that to me is slipping. That's, that's like exactly what he says in slipping. It's, it's such a valuable lesson there that you're never going to get dealt the perfect hand of cards and your situation is never going to be ideal in quotes, but you have to always look to find those silver linings and, and bounce back and make the most of your situation, no matter what it is. And right, right. Life isn't so so much of a straightforward journey from A to B as much it is, as it is like a zigzag where you kind of bounce around, you have the highs, you have the lows, but overall you're making progress to that, to that point B. <laughs> zigzag and uh, a whole different like maze and then all of a sudden you get stuck you come back and you're like man i was doing bang half this time i didn't even get to my location at the right time you know Life <laughs> is just a curve and zigzag and everything man no, i love that i love that <laughs> and i feel so good you know it's kind of like what swiss beats was talking about in his little instagram post where he's like my brother is no longer hurting you know mm-hmm. my brother is no longer hurting because i mean just like we told you man the minute this this guy showed up. I mean, dude, he didn't even have a last name on his paperwork when he was born. They named him Earl, and that's it. Right? His first record ever that he released is Born Loser. Come on, man. This yeah. guy was hurting. You know what I'm saying? So for yeah. him to do what he did for culture, for him to do what he did for hip-hop, you know, we pay homage to this guy, man. Exactly. And, and I love I love his catalog, man. We yeah. just We're going to play forever. Mm-hmm. As we do here, there's always the Eastern parallel to what we see in hip-hop. And I know that was something that you immediately pulled from another record because you're you. Uh, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and how you connected those dots together. For sure, man. For sure. And I mean, you know, the minute I found out about DMX's state, you know, mentally, I was already thinking about, man, what can I do to pay homage in my own way? You know, and it's nothing complicated. It's just like a simple little edit that I kind of put together. But essentially, the day he passed away, I put this record out and it's called Dark Punjab X. Right, Dark Punjab X is the record, and I sampled Gurdasman, who is one of the most legendary Punjabi singers of all time. A song he dropped a few years ago where he's talking about the drug crisis in Punjab, and he's basically saying how Punjab is is killing itself in some ways because of the addiction issues out there. So I used those vocals to have a conversation with the ghost of DMX, and the sample that I used, you know, from DMX is. Ain't no sunshine in this. Like that whole thing. So I think thematically for me, it was very important to talk about how this is a very dark record. Mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and reference Gurdas Man's piece where he talks about Rangala Punjab mera kala ho gaya. Right? My beautiful land of Punjab is turning black. Yeah. Right? And then you have Dark Man X right on top of that with his like his ad-libs and his growls and shit like that so mm-hmm. i'm very proud of this song too because it's a very simple way of kind of commemorating dmx's spirit but also talking about how east and west yeah. although we celebrate their greatness we also need to celebrate that pain and honor that pain by saying hey dude this is an issue mm-hmm. you know so that song in itself man is it's it's so powerful in terms of the tribute that i've given um you know dmx in my own way and then i think at the end of the song too 
I sampled uh, "Dogs for Life," you know, the 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 DMX record where he get, where somebody gets shot, you yeah. know, and it's the whole idea of like Punjab getting shot by drugs, right? So drugs shoot Punjab and sh- Punjab falls, you know. And then I have a piece of Gurdas Man's like little uh, interview where he talks about it. he's like, you might not know if your story is valid or anything, but give it some time because you'll realize that your story is what actually made you you, mm-hmm. you know. So he's talking about that. And all of a sudden, you have like the the African American brothers just like resuscitating this body in the back too, you know. So it's a very conceptually driven track. Um, I'm I'm super proud of it, and uh, I'll I'll just show you a quick snippet so that way at least you can kind of hear the pieces. Yeah. Right. But <clears throat> just so you know, this is the baseline that you can hear that right, mm-hmm. and you can see my screen. Yep. Cool. Right. So I got that main. Part and then you have like which which pain should I talk to you about Punjab? You know what I'm saying? Nashiani Marte, like oh man, the intoxications are killing Punjab, right? And then you obviously have like our our main man right here coming. Hey, After knowing your story, you will never change your story again. Then a little flat line. So yeah, man, I mean, this, this song right here, you know, DMX, Ain't No Sunshine, Gurdasman, Punjab, record is called Dark Punjab X, man, it's it's available now and stuff. Go check it out, man. Go show some love on that record. But it's my little way of giving DMX a tribute, man. Guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Once Upon a Rhyme. If you enjoyed this, make sure you subscribe and share with all your friends. And honestly, if you want more music, make sure you check out bestdjalive.com. Tune in next time for another episode. Hey, yo, once upon a rhyme.